she was hungry. She kept saying she was hungry. I was ignoring it. I, I had a feeling she wanted to go out to eat. And I didn't want to spend the money. And so I was, you know, you know, ladies, you have a way of making things known. <laughs> and you don't, you don't quite out say it. Hey, let's go out to eat. You just say, I'm hungry. You don't want to say it because you want the man to, to, to have the, at least the understanding that to take, your, take them out, you know. You don't want to have to break it down. Ladies don't want to break it down. And so my wife kept saying she was hungry. And I said, well, we got some Twinkies at the house. You know, we haven't went shopping. And I said, well, I'm going to run to the, I was thinking to myself, I'm going to run this store. I'm going to get me a steak and, you, and we, we'll get some steak. And, and, uh, and you know, it, it required her to cook. But I knew that she, she liked fried chicken. She liked Kentucky fried chicken. And as I was driving, thinking about getting my steak that she's going to cook for me, of course, she's going to eat steak too. But it's, you know, she was tired and she was hungry. And I thought, does she really need a cook? So I just felt led to go to Kentucky Fried Chicken. And I'm telling you, that put me in the sweet spot that day. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about. I'm telling you, my wife was looking at me like I was like, I don't know, Captain Kangaroo. I don't know, but without the falls dropping down, right? But no, I mean, I'm telling you, she was like, she, she gave me a kiss. She said, I really appreciate it. She didn't know I was going to bring the Kentucky Fried Chicken. Then she said, we need to do this at least once a month. I said, now I'm in trouble. <laughs> now I'm in trouble, man. My Lord Jesus. Because, <laughs> you know, I, you know, Yen likes to spin. I like to hold on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody out there that like to hold on? But sometimes you can hold on too tight and lose it all. Can I say that again? You know, the Bible says in Proverbs that there's a person that holds on way too tight and ends up losing it. And then there's a person that is generous and gives and ends up getting blessed even more. The Bible says that. I want to go with the Bible. I don't want to be so tight-fisted, you know. But I want to learn to let go. And when you let go... I'm telling you, the blessings can come in. So, so, so the Lord revealed to me that when we have a heart of gratitude, when we have a gracious heart, it should prompt us to want to give. Amen. Let's look at Luke 19, 1 through 10 this morning, because I think this is a great story about a grateful heart here. And uh, we're going we're gonna to read, read this account. Luke 19, 1 through 10. I know it's a, it's a little bit of reading this morning, but I think you guys will be able to endure it. Amen. If you haven't read your Bible this week, you'll get your Bible reading in this morning. Amen. And um, in Luke 19, 1 through 10, this is a story about Zacchaeus. And this man, you know, well, let's just read the story here. It says, then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now, behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but, got, but could not because of the crowd, for he was short in statue. So he was a short man. He couldn't see beyond the crowd. So he was like a Danny DeVito. Amen? And so he ran ahead and climbed up in a sycamore tree to see him, to see Jesus, for, he was, for Jesus was going to pass that way. 
And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today I must stay at your house. And, you know, when I'm studying scripture, I, I want to know what made Jesus, you know, talk to Zacchaeus. You know, he was a tax collector. He was hated by most people. He probably cheated people from their taxes. And, uh, but you know what? Jesus saw potential. He saw Zacchaeus. He was, you know, I'm sure there was other short people in the crowd. I, I sure that, I'm sure Zacchaeus wasn't the only short guy there. But see, Zacchaeus made an effort. See, Zacchaeus said sometimes, you know, to see Jesus, sometimes to get God in your equation, you might need to make an effort. You might need to climb a tree. You might need to climb some steps. You might need to push through to get a revelation of Jesus. And so Zacchaeus wasn't just satisfied with, with, with the status quo. He wasn't satisfied with standing behind some tall people not seeing Jesus. He had a desire to see Jesus. So he, he did something. He, he thought outside the box. Sometimes we need to think outside the box to see Jesus. And so he, he, he thought outside the box. He saw the tree. He said, I'm going to get a look at Jesus. Think about Jesus, man. He was with his disciples. Crowds of people were around him. Jesus was the going thing. Amen. He was, if I, I don't, you know, he was, if I, if I may, I, it may not be a good now. He was the rock star of the day. Amen. People wanted to touch Jesus. Why? He was healing people. He was delivering people. He was setting people free. The Pharisees were so jealous of Jesus and his notoriety and what he was doing. I'm telling you, you get, you get in the presence of Jesus and he will change you. He will change a greedy person into a generous person. And we just need to get more of Jesus to become more generous in this day. And I'm going to submit to you this morning that if you're not that generous, it's because you don't have enough Jesus in you yet. You just need a little bit more of Jesus. What do I mean by that? What do you mean by that, Pastor? What do I mean? You just need a little bit more word, a little bit more understanding, a little bit more of, of knowledge of God and what God wants to do in your life. God wants you blessed, people. He wants you prospering. He wants you increasing. He's not out, El Chipo, he's El Shaddai. Amen. The God of more than enough. So Zacchaeus, so Jesus said, Zacchaeus, uh, make haste, come down today. I must stay at your house. And this is what amazed Zacchaeus was that uh, Zacchaeus had to wonder, how did Jesus even knew his name in this big crowd? In this big crowd and everybody's trying to push and shove their way to touch Jesus, to get something from Jesus. You know, they were pushing and shoving and yelling and screaming probably. It was probably a loud place to be. And, and Zacchaeus went up and he knew Zacchaeus. Saying, I'm going to say this to you. Jesus knows your name today. Amen. He knows your needs today. Yes, he knows what you're dealing with today. Amen. He knows your frustrations today. Hallelujah. And he's calling your name. And he wants to dine with you. The Bible says he comes and knocks on the door. And if we open the door, he will dine with us. Hallelujah. So, so this, is, this is exactly the illustration and revelation about knocking on the door. And so Jesus said, hey, come down for today. I must stay, I must stay at your house. 
Because Jesus saw something in Zacchaeus. He just didn't see somebody that was wealthy and that was, you know, pride. He didn't see the pridefulness in him. So, so he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they complained, saying he was... Uh, they complain saying, he has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. You know, I'm telling you, there's so many jealous people out there. Amen. I'm going to say this. There's lots of jealous people in the body of Christ. Oh, and you can't allow the jealous people to bring you down. Amen. And they didn't like the fact that Jesus was going to Zacchaeus' house. And, uh, and then Zacchaeus stood and said to, and this is after the Lord, you know, they had supper. And they had communion with each other. And I'm sure Jesus was talking to them about the kingdom of God. He was, he was talking to them about how good God is. And, Zac and then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Lord, I, I'll give half my goods to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I will store full for fourfold. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because he is also a son of Abraham, for the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. Think about this, man. Think about Zacchaeus, and this man was a tax collector, and he probably did steal from some people because he said he would pay fourfold back. Think about it. That was more than what the law required. Think about this man, Zacchaeus. He, he was a man that, that, that was a wealthy man, and, and so normally... Uh, you would think he probably held on to his wealth. But after meeting Jesus and having such gratitude that Jesus was talking to him about the kingdom and Jesus was talking to him about that God wants him in heaven and that God wants him to be a part of the kingdom, he had so much gratitude in his heart. He says, I'm going to give half my money to the poor. Think about that. And Jesus said, wow, this man. You know, uh, that, that people look down on. This man is willing to give half of his money to the poor. And some of you are saying, well, I don't think God's requiring that of me. <laughs> God may not be requiring that of you this morning. Amen. But God is requiring your heart. Amen. He's looking for your heart. He wants to know where your heart is at. So, so, so really where your heart is at, that, there where your treasure will be. And so God wants your heart this morning. Amen. He wants you to have a heart for him. The number two key for, to being a generous person is you have to have a willing heart. First key is you have to have a gracious heart. The number two key is you have to have a willing heart. And we have to ha set our will. You have to set your will to be a giver. Like I said, it's not natural to be a giver. It doesn't come easy to be a giver. Uh, you know, the flesh, which is a part of our makeup, will recoil us giving. And so you have to set your heart to be a giver. When I came out of a backslidden state many years ago, and I was going through all types of turmoil uh, through my backslidden state, and God was bringing me back close to him again, praise the Lord. And when he was bringing me back, you know, one of the first things I wanted to do, because I was out of church, I left church, and I started coming back to church, I was going through a lot of problems. The first thing that I wanted to do was give. Why? I was just so thankful to be back in the house of God. 
I was so thankful just to feel the presence of God again. I was just so thankful that, that God drew me back to him. I was just so thankful that I wanted to give. And I made a decree and I made a, a decree that I was going to start tithing and giving offerings. I, I said, God, you know, you, you, you brought me back. And, and the world is a cold world. And, and, and the church hopefully is a warm church. This church is, amen. I'm calling it into being. And so, and so I said, I just wanted to give. And then when the pastor asked me, would you like to usher? I said, sure. Why? I was just so thankful just to be in the house of the Lord. David said, I'd rather be the doorkeeper. Uh, you know, in the, in, uh, in, uh, at the tent of the righteous to, to live in a mansion with the wicked. I'd rather be a doorkeeper. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And I'm telling you, there's nothing like the presence of God being upon your life. Glory to God. And so we have to have a willing heart. In Exodus 35, 4 and 10, this is when they were building the tabernacle in the wilderness. And Moses spoke, Exodus 35, 4 through 10. And Moses spoke, New King James, and Moses spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, This is the thing which the Lord commanded, saying, Take from among you an offering to the Lord. Whoever is of a willing heart, let him bring it to an offering to the Lord. Notice he said that. He said that was a command. And this was when they were building the tabernacle in the wilderness. And, and this was a command to, for people to give. But, but, but there was a prerequisite that God said through Moses that th to give, you have to have a willing heart. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so, so, so he said, those just with a willing heart. Why? Because it's the willing and obedient that we eat the best of the land. And so they understood. I really believe they, they started giving. And the, and the Bible says in Exodus 36, 5 through 7, the people, uh, as they spoke to Moses, saying, the people bring much more than enough for the service of the work which the Lord commanded us to do. So Moses gave a command, that, and they caused it to be proclaimed throughout the camp, saying, Let neither man nor woman do any more work for the offering of the sanctuary. And the people were restrained from bringing, for the material they had was sufficient for the work to be done. So, so this is what happened when they made that decree that people should give, and they should give with a willing heart. What happened was they started giving, and they gave so much that Moses said, Stop giving! I don't think you will ever hear a pastor say stop giving. <laughs> because there's always needs. Amen. Amen. And really, I believe what caused them to give was that they were in such bondage to the Egyptians. They were in bondage to the Egyptians and they were slaves. And you know what? They were well. How did they become so wealthy in the wilderness? How did they have all this stuff in the wilderness? Well, if you study it out, you'll find out that before they left Egypt, God gave them favor with the Egyptians. And they just didn't leave empty handed. They left wealthy. They left with the jewelry. They left. Are you hearing what? They left with the Egyptian clothes. And they walked out wealthy people. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And see, I'm going to say this to you today. Your wealth is not based on just your own hand only. 
I believe our wealth is based on God's favor on our lives. God, our wealth, you know, some of us think, well, that's my wealth, that's my money, I work hard for it. Listen, God gives you the strength to work hard for it. You're, you, better, you better be blessing your lucky stars, and probably I shouldn't use that term, but bless your lucky stars, you're not, you're not some sick in a bed somewhere, unable to work. Amen. Thank God that you can breathe. Thank God that you made it out to church today. Do you know how many people would have loved to make it out to church that's sick in bed today? Oh, you know what? You need strength thanking God that he gives you the strength to do what he's calling you to do. So our wealth is not just based on our... There's no self-made millionaires. People that are millionaires, they're not self-made. It took plenty of people to get them where they're at. Any successful company has people around them making it successful. It's never just based on one man's vision. And this church, that, that God's growing to be you know, a great church. He's growing this church up. And the success is not going to be just based on me and my talents. It's, gonna be based, it's not going to be based on just me. It's going to be you guys and your talents and your abilities to make this church a great church. It's never just one person. Jesus is great. He was a great leader. He was a great, he's a great teacher. But, but I'm telling you, he wasn't the one that was doing all the water baptisms. You know, it was his disciples that were water baptizing. The scriptures said that, that John's disciples saw that there were more people going to Jesus instead of John to get water baptized. And, and John's disciples said, what do you think about that? And, and John said, listen... You know, the, you know, he must increase and we must decrease. And I'm telling you, when you allow God to increase in your life and you decrease some of your assets, you will increase. Thank you for those amens. Glory to God. So, so in 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 10, let's just, let's just look at this because this is talking about being, having a willing heart. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Think about that. Some of us are struggling in our finances. And right here, this, this gives you the story. Are you sowing sparingly? Well, if you are, it says here, you'll reap sparingly. As it says, he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. It's funny, we have people in this church and they're big givers and it seems like they just, they just keep increasing every year. They just see, keep getting blessed. They keep walking in the blessing. Why? Because they're, 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 they're they, and then those, there's others that are struggling. They shouldn't be struggling. And why is that? It's because they're, they're not understanding the scriptures. They're not understanding the laws of sowing and reaping. They think it's the law of sowing and weeping. Sowing and weeping. Okay, and, uh, and so here it says here, those who sow bountifully will reap bountifully. So let each one give, notice this, as he purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Listen, that's, that's more than just money. That's, in our, that's our whole attitude in serving God. God loves, God loves. Think about that. God loves each one of us, amen? But this, it, it, it's, it's such, it's, it's saying God loves a cheerful giver, not a grumbler, not a complainer, 
but a cheerful giver. And it says here that, that as we give cheerfully, as we will to give and we give cheerfully, God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always have sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. As written, he has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. See, God's not, a, God's not obligated to give to somebody that doesn't give. The Bible says in Isaiah 55 that he gives seed to the sower. And we have to learn to be sowers. And as we start sowing, and, you know, we, we say faithful, the tithe, is, it, it, that's not even really sowing. The tithe is, is 10%, and that belongs to God. The Bible says the tithe is holy unto the Lord, and it belongs to God. That's not even mine. When I get my paycheck, 10%, I know that belongs to God. And then God gives us the ability uh, to, to give uh, offerings. And what did the Bible say? He will open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings we cannot even contain. So, so, so here, here we have to have a willing heart to give. Amen. And the, the number three key is we have to have a trusting heart. You know, I, I think the reason why some people don't give is because, uh, I hate to say it this morning, but you're lacking some faith. You're, you're not really trusting the process. You, for, you're, you're trusting in your own selves more than you're trusting in God. And so what keeps us from giving is that we have trust issues. We're not really, tr trust it, it equates to faith. We're not truly believing that God can take care of us. We feel inside, we feel that we have to take care of ourselves. And I listen, listen, God will take, he's our shepherd. We shall not lack for any good thing. But we need to release that greed out of our lives. We need to, because, because you've got to circumcise your money. You have to circumcise that greed, that covetousness. You have to circumcise. How do you do that? By giving 10% into the kingdom of God and offerings. Amen. Because it's easy to stay greedy. It's easy to, you know, to, to just look at the little that you have. God wants to expand your vision this morning. He wants, man, some of you don't have, you don't have to be struggling in your finances. God wants to turn your finances around and bless you abundantly. Do you believe that today? In Matthew, in Matthew 6, it says here, I believe it's 19, uh, 6, 19 through 20. It says, Do not lay up yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but lay up yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy, that thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, your heart will be there also. So what am I saying to you this morning? What I'm saying to you today is money can't be your master. Matthew, Matthew 6 uh, it says here, 24, no one can serve two masters, for he either hate one or love the other, or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Amen. You can't serve God and mammon. That word mammon means riches. But, you know, in other words, don't run after wealth, run after God. Amen. 
And then God, listen, the Israelites, when they got their hearts right and they started obeying God and they started doing the right things in the, uh, under the Egyptian rule and they were getting ready to move out and do all the things, God gave them so much favor that, uh, that people gave them riches. Think about that. And so we need to really think about that, that God really wants to prosper us. He wants to bless us. The devil wants you trusting in yourself. The devil wants you trusting in your finances. But, but we need to trust in God. Is there, are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? In Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. Listen, everything that comes into the treasure, Yin and I made this commitment that anything that we received as a gift or anything, we're going to tithe off of it. We're, we're, we're tithing, you know, I, I sold, uh, remember, I sold a real estate. And, you know, people say, oh, yeah, I don't mind tithing off a dollar. I'll give 10 cents. But wait until you make like a, a $10,000 or I made, a, God blessed me and I, and I made, a, uh, it wasn't that much money, but it was to me at that time. I made like close to $17,000, you know, selling a piece of property. Amen. And I remember that, that I made that 17000 but I stroked the check out of 10% because it was increase. Praise God. Praise God. And God, and I've never worried about money since. Amen. Amen. Why? God doesn't want you worrying about money. He, he wants to bless you. He'll put favor. He'll give you promotion. He will open doors of grace. Do you, do you believe that today? Amen. It says in Proverbs 3.19, it says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. What we have to do is we have to, you know, that third key of trusting God. We just need to trust God. Amen. You know, you, you need to just, just do it on principle. Yes. We need to just give on, we need a will to give. And I'm telling you, when you release what you have in your hand, God will release what he has in heaven. And when, he, when you release what you have, I'm telling you, God can bless you. He can open doors of grace. He can give you favor beyond more than you believe. Do you believe that today? I'm telling you, I'm looking at prosperous people. We have great givers in this church. But I, I know that, that there's always, in church, there's always some that, that the enemy's working on to keep you from giving. And I want to encourage you today, get in to in line with the laws of giving and receiving, sowing and reaping. And as you do, you'll see the grace, you'll see the mercy of God in your life. Not just money. I'm talking about giving your time. I'm talking about giving your talents. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when you give of yourself, when you give a prayer, when you, when you fast, amen, when you give your alms, you're going to see great blessings in your life. I'm telling you, anybody that dies, you never see a you never see a a, 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 a truck full of junk behind a hearse. Why is that? Because you can't take it with you. Amen. It's all on loan anyway. We're just stewards of what God gives us. And when we start acting that way, oh, I'm just a manager of what God gives me. It's him that gives me the strength to get what I can get. Then we should be so thankful that he gives us wealth. And he will give you wealth. And I'm telling you, he will add no sorrow with it. Do you believe that today? I'm looking at, I'm looking at prosperous people in here this morning. I'm looking at people that are givers and not just takers. 
I'm looking at people that are benevolent. And when we start doing these things, man, I'm telling you, it's going to get crazy. People are going to be coming in left and right. This place will be so filled up. Glory to God. Well, the next place that we're in, God is so awesome. We would like to invite you to join us Sunday morning at Virginia Beach SDA Church located at 4136 Holland Road, Virginia Beach, Virginia. Service starts at 10.30 a.m. Nursery and Children's Church provided. This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and the Congregation of Exceed Life Church. For more information, visit us at www.exceedlifechurch.org.